May I ask you, it's okay to talk, what makes a great leader? What makes a great leader? Courage. Courage. What makes a great leader? Trustworthy. What makes a great leader? Pardon? A planner. Yeah. Trustworthy, a planner, a courage. What makes a great leader in previous services? Honesty, a servant, confidence. What makes a great leader? Now, I don't want you to answer this. What makes a poor leader? Don't answer that one. Now, I'm going to ask you to go back into your lives and think about great leaders that you had and poor leaders that you've had. You think about it, places you've worked, schools you attended, businesses that you've uh, went into, examples of good and poor leadership that you've experienced. What makes a good leader? Well, a good leader takes the what? The initiative. I like that. A good leader is a planter. A good leader is a trailblazer. It just doesn't call to manage, but to think of go places that never, no one has gone before. Uh, a leader uh, is able to be a visionary and to uh, move beyond boundaries that are set. Good leaders seek to serve who? Yeah, a good leader is someone who looks out for the well-being of everyone. Good leaders many times are lonely. Well, why do you say that? Well, if you've ever been in a leadership position, you know what it's like trying to keep everyone happy and you can't. You know what it's like having a lot of information and can't or not able to make the best decision, and many times it's lonely. It's lonely being the person who cares the most. Many times, uh, good leaders feel anger and dislike. Now, my previous congregation, I was in the same district in which Abraham Lincoln served as a congressional representative. Now, if you have a chance, in Springfield, Illinois, there's this wonderful uh, museum for, it's Abraham Lincoln's Presidential Museum. It's really state-of-the-art. It's almost like going to uh, Universal. And you interact with Lincoln during, before the war years and the war years. But there's a room that you go into uh, in a tour through Lincoln's presidency, and it's a room about half the size of this, uh, of our sanctuary here. It's filled with nothing but cartoons and newspaper editorials making fun of Abraham Lincoln. What a lousy president you are. Uh, how, 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 how many bad decisions are you making? And it's filled with nothing but cartoons and editorials about people who disliked Lincoln. How could you abolish slavery before the end of the Civil War? What's about this Emancipation Proclamation? A good leader is always going to have people mad at them because a good leader isn't about keeping everybody happy. What else about a good leader? They're faithful and they hold their what? Their course and they do their duty. Uh, I'm not sure if you've seen this movie. It's a number of years old, but it's a movie. Uh, there's Mel Gibson on the left, and he plays Benjamin Martin. And Benjamin Martin um, is a former English soldier and uh, officer, and he lives in South Carolina, and he himself is drug into the Revolutionary War. It's a movie about good and bad leadership. He's drug into the Revolutionary War, and he loses both of his sons in battle. And he struggles with the whole concept of what's going on around him. But he's sort of anchored. He's anchored by his widow, and he's anchored by his daughter-in-law and other officers who tell him, hold the course. Remember, hold the course. Keep on line. And sort of the symbol of that movie is, is a, a necklace with a North Star. Now, you know that the North Stars are the only star in the, in the sky that doesn't what? Move. Um, it's true. In the spring, the Big Dipper empties out, as the Native Americans say, it rains. 
In the fall, the Big Dipper, it catches rain, as the Native Americans say, it catches rain and fall becomes dry. And the North Star is the only star that doesn't move, and he is told over and over again by his, uh, his former um, wife, he's a widower, and he's told by his daughter-in-law and by other officers, hold the course. A great leader holds the course. See, in modern-day America, we are cynical of leaders. Tell me, since JFK, who, who is a national hero? We really don't have a many. And I can start naming off politicians, and they will make some of us happy, and they'll make some of us sad. We really do not have heroes in modern America, and we're very cynical of leaders. By the way, you heard the joke? How can you tell when a politician's lying? Their lips are moving, okay? We don't. We're very cynical of leaders, and that even includes clergy. We become cynical of clergy as well. We're cynical of people in leadership positions because many of us have been burned, and we don't trust them to do the right things. We are cynical of leaders. We know what poor leaders look like. What do poor leaders look like? Well, they seek only for themselves or their what? Their agenda. The whole concept of serving others has gone out the door. They're interested in their own prestige. Look at me and look at what I've done. What are poor leaders? They're popular. Why? Well, because they blow with the wind. I'm here to keep everybody happy, which is impossible, so I speak out of both sides of my mouth at the same time. What about, some, what about poor leaders? They neglect their what? Their duties. Poor leaders. Now, Jesus himself dealt with poor leaders. They're mainly people that we know as the what? The fair, the say it, the fair, what was it? Pharisees. Jesus himself dealt with poor leaders. He said of this, this was read to you. Jesus had compassion on them as they were like a sheep without a what? There's nobody there to guide them. Nobody cares for them. Nobody loves them. Nobody's willing to hold the course for them. And so when Jesus saw the people, he saw the people being abused and neglected, and he had compassion on them, as a shepherd does for his sheep. And Jesus says this about poor leaders. He warns the Gentile rulers and high officials who what? Lord over them. Do you ever have a boss? or somebody who was all over you, you couldn't breathe. They, what's it called, micromanaging? No matter what you did, they were over you. Uh, you had no say. Everything had to be my way. They lured over people. I don't care about what you say in your opinions. This is how it's going to be whether you like it or not. Jesus saw that. He commented on it. Don't be like that. Then Jesus says this. He says, a leadership, if you want to be great, you must be a what? Servants, you must look out for your people like he's a good shepherd who looks out for his sheep. See, Jesus dealt with poor leaders, but he himself is our good shepherd. Let me take you back into the Old Testament. The prophet Jeremiah dealt with poor leaders as well, but this time it wouldn't be where we expect it. This time was unfaithful clergy. Can you read it with me? Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my shepherd. See, poor shepherds teach bad teachings. They teach false doctrine. Their teaching don't lead people into salvation. Their teaching leads people into damnation. There's all sorts of false shepherds in America today. They won't teach you truth. They go along with the doctrines of the time. And Jeremiah lamented that even in Israel's day in the Old Testament, along came false clergy and false teachers who led God's people astray. Why? A lack of effort. I don't care. I can't get to everyone. I can't do everything. They really didn't push themselves. They sought their own glory. And 
They drove people out. They scattered them. What do poor shepherds do? They cause people to leave. In my previous congregation, my predecessor said this about people who left the church. They go here, there, and nowhere. Let me say it again. People sometimes get disgusted with the church. What they do? They leave the church and they go here, there, and nowhere. Hence was it with the shepherds of the Old Testament who taught false teachings and neglected the sheep. They went here, there, and nowhere. Jeremiah, too, dealt with false shepherds. But then God himself, God says, I'm going to hold the course. I will provide shepherds who care. That's what God told Jeremiah. I'll provide shepherds who care. care. And God says, I'll gather them myself. Why are you here today? My hope is that God gathered you here. That we are the remnants. That we are the chosen who God called to be here. So much does God care for the scattered that Jesus says, if 99 sheep are found, I'm going to do what? Take one to find. I'm going to take time to find the one lost sheep. He'll play shepherds who care. Now, I'm not trying to be political here. Have you had bad shepherds? Have you had faithful shepherds? God promises his church that he will always eventually send good shepherds. And then he asks his people to step out for faith. Read the verse with me. The days are coming when I will raise up to David a righteous branch. See, now who is that righteous branch? Who's in the line of David? We know it. Say it. Yeah, Jeremiah says, in spite of the false shepherds, I'm going to send you a great shepherd, Jesus. He holds his course. Now, let me change gears here a little bit. Let's talk about the 10th commandment. The 10th commandment says, do not what? Do you know what coveting means? I'm not happy with what I have. I want more. Now, now Luther gives, Dr. Luther gives an explanation about coveting people and people in their positions. And he says that we're called to do this. Read the meaning with me. We are to fear and love God and encourage them to do their duties. You see, you and I, we are called to help people keep their duties, encourage people to do their duties, hold the course, be faithful. We are called to encourage people to do that, to be faithful, to hold the course, to be good leaders. Now I'm going to switch gears here again. What about you and I? Now, we might not be in a leadership position, but are you and I faithful or are we negligent? Do you know what it means to neglect? See, Luther once said this. I want to talk about greed. If I'm going to ask you what greed is, many of you say, well, wanting more and more, that's true. Or many of you say, greed is I have more than I need. Well, that's true. Greed is that I have to have so much I don't know where to put it all. Well, that's true. But Luther defines greed as neglect of God and neighbor. Let me say it again. Greed is neglect of God and neighbor with what God has given to me. So are we faithful or are we negligent? Have we neglected to honor authority? Yeah, but pastor news, that, that leader is really bad news. I don't care. Well, I don't really sometimes like what the pastor has to say. I don't care. I really don't like what my tea, I don't care. My boss, doesn't matter. We are called to what? Honor those in authority. What's the fourth commandment? Honor your what? Father and mother. Was the mean freedom of God so we do not despise those in authority, but honor, cherish, love, serve, and obey them. Whether we like the person in our policies or not, we are called to honor authority. Have we abandoned love? Have we been loving, loving and kind to people? 
Now, don't, don't mistake this. The opposite of love is in hate. Hate's an attitude. You know what the opposite of love is? It's apathy. I don't care. The opposite of love is I really don't care. Love is action. Apathy, I don't care. Don't ask me to get my hands dirty. Have we abandoned love? Kindness and acts of kindness for those around us. Have we been less than faithful to our spouses? I'm just not talking about adultery. I'm talking about time, care, sensitivity. Have we neglected our duties? Or have we not fulfilled our duties as parents? What are parents called to do? Parents are called to raise their kids in the faith. Parents are just not called to keep their kids happy. There's a lot of happy kids in America who are miserable because they're not taught what's right. Have we been negligent as parents? Have we raised our kids in the faith? Have we taught them what's truly important? When we die, can our kids pick up where we are and just be as responsible? Have we fulfilled our duties as parents to be godly role models? Have we neglected our responsibilities as church members? If you read through Luther's catechism, it gives four responsibilities for church members. What? Pray for the church. Support the church with financial offerings. Be involved in the church and seek to expand the church. Have we neglected that? Well, that's a pastor. That's somebody else's. Have we neglected that? You see, just as we pray to God for leaders to be faithful and do their duties, God calls us to be what? Faithful ourselves, to hold the course, to be non-negligent, to be faithful in doing so. Why do I say that? Well, because God holds his course. This is a name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness, a king who will do wisely and do what is just and right in the land. Jesus will do what as a leader? Well, he takes the initiative. He left heaven to be with us. He walked outside of Israel. He even talked to women. He talked to Roman soldiers and healed their loved ones. He took the initiative. What else did Jesus do? He sought to serve who? All. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the what? whole world. He was interested in all, no matter their background. What else did Jesus do? He's lonely at times. Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He was lonely. You know, leaders are lonely. He's taking the responsibility for everyone. Not everyone can relate to that. He was even despised. Many times he felt anger and dislike. How mad were people at Jesus? He ended up where? On the cross. He knows it's like to be lonely and angry at. Even a father got angry with him. Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you what? Forsaken me. He is the ultimate leader. What else? He is faithful. He held the course. He did his duty. How? He brought us to our heavenly home. Do any of you have Revelation 2.10 as your confirmation verse? Do you know it? Do any of you have that? Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of what? Hold the course. Be faithful. Keep on keeping on. Do that by God's grace. That's Christ for us. That's what he does and did and continues to do for you and I. Hold the course. Be faithful. God holds the course for us in Christ. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you all read it with me? Jesus, lead thou on until our rest is won. And although the way be cheerless, we will follow calm and fearless. 
Guide us by thy hand to our fatherland. And all God's people say,